What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. everybody you're listening to the sports sprint here on this friday february the 11th 2022 good to have you all here for our end of the week show our last nfl kickoff show of the season it's hard to believe how quickly the season has gone it feels like just yesterday we were starting things off in september uh, but here we are we've reached the end of the road for the for the football season for the nfl for this year um this is our super bowl edition of the nfl kickoff obviously we will continue to talk football on the show going forward but this will be the last kind of like mostly football show um that we designate as an nfl kickoff show um so thank you for tuning in. Um, real quickly, I because yesterday we did a special show, so I know a lot, some people might not have known about. It. We did give people enough notice. We did. I think we. I think we put up like a notification on like maybe five thirty, six o'clock yesterday um, that we were going to do a special show um, because I, 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 as I said last night, I got a lot of mail since Wednesday of people saying, "Hey, why don't you do an NBA trade deadline show, especially if the Harden Simmons deal goes down?" And you know, I just got overwhelming response that people wanted us to do it, and so I did it. Um, and we it did very well last night. But if you haven't, if you missed it by some chance and you didn't tune in, 
live last night. We did do an NBA trade deadline special sports sprint last night around 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. It is available in archive. You can find a link to the show in our Facebook page, our sports Facebook page, or our Twitter, or you can go to you can listen to it right then and there. Um, that's how you can listen to it. There are probably a lot of people that did because um, you might maybe we didn't have a show. Um, you know, because obviously we, don't, we didn't plan a show for Thursday. It was just one of those things I decided to do because the fans wanted it. Um, something that we talked about over the years, maybe doing one of those kind of shows with the MLB trade deadline. Um, we never got yeah, we did it. It did well. It was a very good show. I brought my co-host Mike, who don't usually join me just for the record inside the ring shows. Uh, I got him to do it with me, and it was it was a really that might have been one of our best shows ever last night. So if you didn't listen to it and you want to, it is available for you to listen to by those means. Um, we will talk a little NBA today later on in the show. We're not going to leave it. You know, we, I mean, this is Super Bowl week, and usually we're talking football all week. We barely talk football. Obviously. Uh, uh, situation with the Brian Flores lawsuit, Roger Goodell's response to that whole situation, um, and we also obviously talked about the revisiting of the flight gate earlier in the week as well. Um, but that was it. We haven't talked about the game really at all. We did like a broad overview the day the day after uh, Championship Sunday. Um, you know, and again, I always said that we probably wouldn't do a whole lot with the game until right before anyway, because I think you, you kill the moment, you, you, you kill the game by. You know, and dilute it by continuous, conti- by continuously kind of talking about it. Because I've always said this, you know, if you talk about the game for the full two weeks, that this, there's there's nothing in, between the Super Bowl and the conference, you got nothing left, and it kind of kills the game. So, you know, I'm I, look. I would have oh, I, I would have always kind of put off the majority of the discussion until right now. But honestly, I think. I, I think we would have done a little bit more in the way of discussing the game and some of the other things going on. Um, but again, it's been crazy what's going on in the NBA this week. The NBA impact with all the headlines all over the NFL. And as I've been saying all week, I think Roger Goodell's probably happy about that because of all the negativity. Because um, again, once you get to Friday, the focus does shift to the game. It doesn't matter what's going on, what kind of controversy scandals we have in the NFL. Once you get to Friday, and I mean, I'm even seeing it today with all the discussion, it's all about, the focus is all shifted to the game. You know, it's, it's not about other, it's not about anything else that's here in this class. It may be a little bit about the NFL honors last night. So, you know, it's kind of a combination. But that's, you know, right now, that, that's, you know, if you're the NFL, you're like, oh, so like, the NBA is the headlines speak, that's great. That's fine. Because as long as, as long as once we get to before the game, it's focused to the game, we're good. And that's what's happening. So they're probably happy about that. Um, and look, look, we're going to talk about the game today. All the things that are at stake, everything that goes along with this game, we're going to go into it, take a deep dive into it, um, you know, and, and have some fun with that. That's what's focal point of the ACL. Now, we have one game to talk about. You can only talk about one game so much. So, this is probably not going to be our longest NFL kickoff show. Um, but, it, 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 again, we only have one game. We can only do so much. So, But we will do our diligence here. We will talk about the game, all the keys to the game, the major factors involved, everything that's at stake. Talk about and like I said, we'll do a little NBA later to kind of talk about the continued fallout from yesterday's trade deadline. Um, 
with obviously the big focus being on the Harden-Simmons deal. Because that was the big, big situation, big, big deal. Shook up the entire NBA, and we have and there's there's been a little fallout from it. We got some comments from Kevin Durant. We talked a little bit about last night on on, on our trade deadline special. Um, got some comments from Kyrie Irving. So we'll we'll dive into a little bit of that later on in the show. Um, so you look forward to that as well. So it's gonna be a mostly football show, but a little bit of NBA. Um, before we get going, I also want to touch on the MLB situation. Major League Baseball, it's a big weekend for them. Tomorrow, the owners and the players are meeting. The owners will present another proposal. That proposal, Rob Manfred was out there yesterday saying he's not delaying spring training. And he's not delaying the season right now. He's not even delaying spring training. He didn't want to delaying spring training. Spring training is actually second point. So, and he said it's a good proposal that's coming forth. So that, that proposal better be something that necessitates momentum. It can't just be something where, oh, Movement to, for him to sit there and go, we're not going to postpone spring training or anything like that. Like, like for him to be that confident, you better, you better, that proposal got to be something that the players are looking at. Oh, that's something worth talking about. Because otherwise, you can't sit there with that much confidence. He can't be that deluded. He could be, but I hope he's not. The one thing he did give us was a little bit of insight into what would happen with spring training. He, he wants a, 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 at least four weeks of spring training. Remember when they did that? Shortened season two years ago almost. They only got three weeks. The feeling is that they need that extra week. They do want four weeks of spring training, which means that by March 1st, they have to have a deal for this to work out. So, and, so that's that's the timetable here if you don't want to go into the regular season. That's the timetable. So we'll see. Tomorrow will be a big day in baseball, but obviously this weekend belongs to the Super Bowl, and that's where we're going to start is with the Super Bowl today. Uh, and dive into this game. Um, later on, we'll talk about last night's NFL honors, Aaron Rodgers winning the MVP, and the possibility of him potentially retiring and moving to a different team. We'll get into all that, too. Uh, again, start with the Super Bowl, because that's what we're going to this weekend is. But one of the biggest, if not the biggest events in sports, is the Sunday. Super Bowl 56, the Bengals. Great story. Cinderella story. A team that, you know, everybody thought was in But this ended up being a special season. You know, Burrow's been incredible. Jamar Chase, Nixon. Um, you get all these guys that kind of stepped up and just jump. And sometimes that happens with teams. Sometimes these guys just jump and become great fast. And that's what happened with the Bengals. This is a team that started, got off to a decent start, and I think that built their confidence. They kind of hit a wall for a few weeks. And then they just took, they just took the AFC by storm, started dominating within their own division, and then, of course, you get the, the late season win over the Chiefs, go to the playoff, and they roll through, beat the Chiefs again in Kansas City, put together this incredible run. It, it's not, nothing seemed to stop them. You know, they, they play their um, Titans, eight times, they still find a way to win. Um, they beat the Raiders before that, and now they're here in the Super Bowl. It's an incredible story. After Cincinnati could win a playoff game for, a, for over two decades, not only they win a playoff game, they win a role playoff game for a in their history, they beat Kansas City on the road, Tennessee on the road, and now they're in the Super Bowl. And it's an incredible story, incredible story for a state like Ohio who struggles with championships in sports um, to have to, to have this happen again. Obviously, Cleveland uh, Cavs won a few years ago, but to have this happen with the Bengals is really special. 
Mexico. It's a really special story. They're a fun, rootable team. Joe Burrow is a guy you all know I've always been high on. I've spoken high with him. I've said he's a five years of his guy from the Super Bowl. And I think he's the next big guy, next big quarterback next to the young Rodgers and Mahomes in the world. He's special. I've said that. And, you know, he backs up even beyond what I ever thought he could do. To get them, to get this team to the Super Bowl, and it's in the Incredible achievement. This is a guy we talk, I talk all the time. You know, in college, you know, after he got transferred, he transferred into LSU. He was a late bloomer. Had that really special year at LSU that ended in the national championship. And parlayed that into the number one draft pick. And then, of course, gets to the Cincinnati Bengals. He's an Ohio kid. It's a great story. He's a great kid. He's a great talent. And he's the reason they're here. And, of course, Cincinnati being very, very smart, loading up on young, good young talent around him, like the Jamar Chases of the world. Zach Taylor's been a great coach for them. It all. Th this is what I'm saying. If you want, if you're a team that struggled to rebuild, you look at what Cincinnati did. You get the quarterback. You get the quarterback. You want to get the quarterback. All right. Well, we got to help this quarterback be be great. We already know he's great. But knowing he's great and him being great on his own, you need to have players around him. You need to have something to work with. Give him something. You bring in a guy like Chase. Bring in a guy like Hickson. You get you put talent around him. You try to put together a fairly decent defense. Stop Kyle Young around the quarterback. Give him something to work with. Don't just stick the quarterback out there and say, oh, it's a five-year plan. We'll, we'll slowly but surely put together a team around him. No. You want, not today's age, you want to win quickly? You can, you can stop, you know, make some deals. You know, acquire enough draft picks that you can go out there and really just load up on young talent around your quarterback. You do that, you can get good real quick, and that's what happened with the Bengals. That's what happened with the Bengals. They're an incredible story, and they look at and we'll see if they can culminate that in, in one of the most unbelievable Super Bowl runs we've ever seen. On the flip side, you have a team in the in the Rams who a couple years ago were in the Super Bowl against the Patriots. This time, that time with Jared Goff, Sean McVay, a guy that's considered offensive guru, a genius, very young, just like Zach Terrence. Both guys, go both coaches are very young, and that's kind of the mode of the. Coach, right? You go younger, you go with these, these special, these really special coordinators that are either offensive geniuses or defensive geniuses. Most of, you have, most of them are offensive geniuses. And you give them the ball and you say, you know what? You know, do, do, what, do what you do. Be special. Because in, in today's quarterbacks, dom, quarterback dominated league, offensive driven league, you got the offensive geniuses as the head coaches. That's clearly what they want. John McVay was kind of the start of that trend. Yeah. He got the Durant. Incredible year, and then Jared Goff really laid an egg in that Super Bowl. Played one of the worst games of quarter I, by a quarterback I've ever seen a quarterback play. I mean, it was an obvious game for both teams, but it was really bad for the Rams. And don't think they they, they, they haven't forgotten that. Don't think they haven't forgotten that. How bad that was. A lot of those guys in that team are from that team. Obviously, a lot of guys are from that same team. And look, the Rams defensively did not play bad. I think the Patriots scored 13 points again. The Rams defensively were very good in that game. It's the offense that was just a myth, and it was really Jared Goff. And Jared Goff never recovered from that game. He never looked the same. One of the reasons why they shipped him to Detroit and brought him back is that was the missing piece. We need a better quarterback. We need a better option. And for years, Matthew Stafford would be at the top of a lot of quarterback statistics, but it never mattered because he was in mediocre and Detroit made the play, I think, maybe one year for him. Maybe two. I, I can't remember if it was two. I can't remember if it was number one. 
And that certainly wasn't enough of a sample size that he and Matthew Stafford could handle the pressure of being a guy that could maybe lead a team to a Super Bowl win one. We know he has the skill set, he's very talented, got the arm, but can but the question is, he had in high-pressure situations and lead a team to a Super Bowl. That was the story of this season. The Rams obviously won games. This was a team that, you know, put together with the idea of winning the Super Bowl. They obviously won games during the season. One of the things that they were criticized for, they didn't win They didn't win games against good teams. Late in the season, they started to do that. And obviously, in these playoffs, they stepped up and done that. Late in the season, they struggled a bit. They were better than the Cardinals. They found ways to win more games. But turnovers particularly Matthew Stafford, and that's where a lot of people started to question. Is Stafford, we know he's a good quarterback, but is he a good? Is he a guy that's a stat pattern? Is he a guy that can only get it done when the pressure's not that high? Can he get it done knowing that he's a, he's on a playoff team, knowing that he's on a team that's expected to try to at least make a Super Bowl run or a deep playoff run? Can he handle this kind of pressure? Down the stretch, a lot of people question. Look at the turnovers. It looks like he's kind of struggling. It looks like he's now, some guys, you know, the first time around, you know, these kind of expectations on them, they struggle, and then they, they kind of have to learn what they have to do to not struggle. And sometimes that takes a year or two. But Stafford, seemingly, all it took was the, the switch from the regular season to the playoffs, because as soon as the playoffs started, turnovers were an issue. He's only had one pick in these entire playoffs. He's had six touchdowns in one pick. That's, that's, that's exactly what you need from him. Nobody's saying that you're never going to make a the best teams in football. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to play a couple of good defenses. You're going to make mistakes. Or even if you, even, there's even chances where you're playing right and you're going to make mistakes. And something's going to happen. You can be playing the game of your life and you can still throw a pick. Um, so you can't, you know, it's, not, it's simply about doing your best to take care of the football. You don't want to see games like you saw late in the season where sometimes they're throwing the ball over three, four times. Yes, yeah, you can't have that. Now, they did have a bad turnover game in the playoffs. Any of those turnovers, and, and again, this was, was what the Tampa Bay game, yeah, the Tampa, which is what allowed Tampa Bay to get that in and Brady kind of pull off another comeback. They had, they had like four turnovers that game, none of them really Stafford. So, really, as a whole, the Rams had to clean it up. But Stafford was the story down the stretch as people questioned whether he could handle what was going on with his team. He handled this kind of pressure. Well, what I thought was smart was in that game against the Cardinals, I'm sure I think that helped that that was a familiar opponent, the opponent they had played for the. Uh, previous two, they played previously two times. The familiarity helped. But I think what they did was they, they were very, very, very cautious with Stafford in that first playoff game in the wild card round. They were very careful. They didn't force anything. They basically said, don't play what the defense gives you. It also helped that the defense stepped up. Arizona obviously played very badly. Kyle Murray had probably one of the worst games in months in that game. And the defense took a lot of some of the pressure off. But I think that just getting their first game under the first playoff game under his belt really helped Stafford. Because after that you saw him kind of he looked very comfortable. And I think they've been very they've been smart with the play call. They they've been aggressive when they've had to be aggressive. And a lot of times they've been aggressive after you get Stafford in a good rhythm. So like you get him going, you do some things that just are kind of easy, just kind of go underneath a little bit, some short routes, that kind of thing. Get him comfortable, get him in the rhythm, and then you kind of open things up. They've been very smart, and that's where a guy like Sean McVay can help because he's known for his offensive skills as a coach. And he's kind of reading his quarterback and saying, you know what, let's, let's ease him into this thing. And it's worked very, very well. Obviously, 
down the Buccaneers because they have some kind of turnovers. But uh, Stafford was pretty solid in that game. And then you get the game against um, um, oh, San Francisco. Very good defense, a very tough defensive team. And they, he did very well there. And obviously they're familiar with them because they played them a couple of times. So that I think helped too. I think it has, I, I'm not going to take anything away from the Rams because they earned their way here. They played some very good teams to get here. But it does help the two out of the three opponents they had in front of the division. They know what they're going to get with, get into with them. But still, you can't take anything away. Stafford's been great. If you get the math, that's what, I think that's probably the biggest key to this game on Sunday. You're looking for a big key to the game. It's the Rams. Taking care of the football, keeping turnovers, making turnovers a non-issue. And obviously, part of that, a big part of that is Matthew Stafford. Okay, obviously there was there's been a game in this playoff where Matthew Stafford didn't have a turnover, and it's their issue turnovers. But so they have, obviously as a whole, they have to be cognizant of being smart with the football. Okay? But obviously that starts with Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford has to be the Matthew Stafford of the last few weeks. If you're Matthew Stafford of the last few weeks, they have a very good chance at winning this football game because talent-wise, experience is on their side. Stafford might not have the experience in the Super Bowl or really in these players. We have a couple games here. We got Aaron Donald who's been there before. We got Von Miller who's been there before. Odell doesn't have the experience, but he's, he's already shown that doesn't have an issue for him. And I don't think Cooper Cop is going to shy away from the moment. He's made a lot of big plays. So I don't think you really worry so much about the Rams from being afraid of the moment. You worry about the Bengals, they're a little younger. And the key with the, we'll get to the Bengals, but there's a big key with the Bengals, I think it's, it's pretty simple. But I think the biggest key overall to this entire game is, this, is the Ram and taking care of the football. Turnovers, as I said, have been an issue. And again, it starts with your quarterback. If your quarterback doesn't turn over the football, then that's half the battle. More than half the battle. But everybody has to keep it Just does what he's done this postseason and takes what the defense gives them. And if they ease them into the offense and just let them, you know, let it ride like they've done, they have a very good chance of winning this football game. Because they know what they have. They have so many playmakers on this team. So many stars, so many playmakers on this team. From on an offensive side, I think the defense side, the special teams, you go on and on. But this team has been well built. Next to the Cowboys, this, this, this team is the best roster in the NFL, in my opinion. Well, and this is what they've been built for. They, you know, they, they, go make the team, they go and get Matthew Stafford before the season starts. To upgrade the quarterback position. During the season, they go get Von Miller. They go get Odell Beckham Jr. They built this team to go all in. They know what, this is their, they're right in their window now. This is the culmination of several years of building up to this. So this, this is a big moment for them. A lot of time here. They built this team. All the draft, you know, moving out to L.A., Special stars like Cop and and um, Aaron Donald and company. You know, you bring in Von Miller, you bring in Odell Beckham, you bring in Matthew Stafford. All everything you've done has been for good. Jared Donald was this one. Not, I won't say embarrassed, but it wasn't pretty. This is your this is your chance now to redeem yourself for that Super Bowl and to make everything you've done in the last five, six, seven years worth it, and to kind of reestablish yourself in LA because this that this is, that would be the culmination. That's for the Rams. That's the big storylines for the Rams. It's a redemption story for Matthew Stafford. Finally breaking out of the trail, showing the world what he can do. 
For the Rams, it's a redemption story to prove that a couple years that Sean McVay and, and this team can get it done after a couple years ago when they didn't get it done against the Patriots. It's a chance for Odell Beckham Jr. to step up on a big situation, a Super Bowl stage. After years of not uh, uh, feeling like he, he, he kind of got you know, lost, their best big star, never had a, a chance on a huge, huge stage. Like this, the Super Bowl. Now, on the flip side, you got Cincinnati. Obviously, the unbelievable run that they've been on from the Rowan story that they've been on. Joe Burrow, the next big thing, right next to Mahomes and Rodgers. Like, it could be almost like a pass of the court. Well, actually, some people think he'd be next three. I think he could be. He's got those kind of intangibles that bring in. I've said that numerous times before. So, you got obviously what's at stake for him. Because let's be honest, legacy is always at stake in the Super Bowl. Legacy. And, 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 and you know, start either starting one or adding to Matthew Stafford and Joe Burrow both looking to start one in this in this game. So legacies are always at the heart of these kind of games, right? Now also for the Bengals, obviously have the legacies and Cinderella. It's it's the idea of um, you know you have a passionate fan base that you know that longs for championships. I mean, Ohio doesn't get championships very often, so that's always huge. Now, the factors that I think are huge for Cincinnati here. I already mentioned, I think, the turnover the the situation for the Rams trying to bring it to the game. But the other big key to this game, I think, one under it, and the biggest one that probably involves the Bengals, is protecting Joe Burrow. Obviously, they've had issues with protecting Joe Burrow. We look back at that game against Tennessee, uh, where, they, where Burrow got sacked eight times. They do not protect well against the pass rush, and you're facing a team that's one of the best in terms of pass rush. You got Aaron Donald on that defensive line. They are going to hit you. They are going to sack you. We're going to get it against Arizona. Kyle Murray. Kyle Murray is a mobile quarterback. They are going to get to Joe Burrow. You just have to try to limit it. You just need to try to make sure it doesn't have a major impact. How do you do that? Well, you have to have him get the bird the ball quick. That, I, and again, I thought that they, um, they've done a good job there since the Tennessee game. Because obviously, everybody saw what happened in Tennessee. Oh, that's the way we, that's where we can get the ball get to him. That's where we can get to the Bengals. Get, get to Joe Burrow. Knock him around a little bit, get him to rush things. But I think you have to, that's what they have to focus on. Obviously, you want to try to hold them back as much as possible. But I think if you get yourself in the mindset of just like trying to hold them back, I mean, that, that, I, I never agree with that. I, I always think it's a better strategy just to put, you know, say, on every possession that we have the football, we're just going to try to get rid of the ball as quickly as possible. At least until, at least until you, you've got them to drop back enough where you can start to feel comfortable. Like, oh, I'm just going to try holding them back now and give them Joe, Joe time. I always think that's a better strategy to go in with because I think that sets, sets, yourself, sets yourself up better. That's really the Joe's going to have to get rid of that ball quick. So that means you're going to have to do a lot of quick routes, take some short yardage situations, short yardage routes. Don't worry about the big play at that point. The running game will help just enhance it a little bit. It does have a good running game. I think you look to establish that early. Just try to keep moving the ball, keep it in rhythm. Again, when Joe does pass the ball, he has to get rid of it quick. Um, no draw plays, no option plays. Just be very simple and, and be very, you know, very play quick. That's the key. That's a big, big key in this game. Because if you can, if you 
that the pass rush, uh, amount of impact the pass rush of the Rams has in this game, then that's going to put them at a very big disadvantage. So much of their defense works off their pass rush, forcing you to make bad decisions, forcing you to rush things, obviously putting you in bad yard situations to get to the quarterback. That's always a big key. So that, that, so that to me, that's the Bengals' big concern. That's the Bengals' big concern. Is protecting Burrow. You know, obviously, at points you want to try to give him time, but I, I think the better strategy is for him to get rid of the ball as quickly as he possibly can. That I think is the better strategy. Um, and again, you start, and it's like establishing the run game early. You know, taking a couple of quick short routes. Um, otherwise, I, I mean, look, you look at Cincinnati, they're, 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 they're solid enough. Offensively, if they, if, you know, if, if they do what we, what I'm suggesting, which is be quick with getting rid of the football, establish the running game, etc., they should be fine. They should be fine. I mean, the Rams got, the Rams have a very good defense, but it's not good enough that it's going to you know, keep, keep Cincinnati down. Cincinnati, you know, has a very good high points, and they've been able to do that all playoffs, so, um, you know, so I, I don't doubt that they won't be able to do that here, um, now, I expect this to be a high-scoring game, I do, um, even though you have some, uh, the Rams are some good defensive playmakers, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, um, I think that, obviously, if you're the Bengals, you do want to keep this game in a range of like no more than ten points. Don't let it get beyond that. I do think that puts a little bit of a hole, especially as you're the younger team. But I don't think either team's gonna be. It's gonna be fearful. I think they're both gonna be invested. I think this could be a very good football game. I don't think the two weeks is gonna be rusty or anything like that. Um, so I, I think this could be a really good football game. I really do. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Let's see Stafford finally on the stage, holding around the stage. Um, I'm really looking forward to see Cooper Cop play. Um, Burrow, who I've always been high on, I think this is going to be great. I really, really do. Um, I really do. You know, they can cut. They they've proven they can come back, but I don't think they should get. Uh, you don't want to take a chance of digging yourself too big of a hole, given what the Rams have from a talent standpoint. Um, so this is going to be, be a fun one. It's going to be a fun one, and as I said. I don't know why a lot of stakes here. Um, it's probably going to be a fun game. And I think for the other side, you know, you got some great stories here. A team in a lot of ways that people in the second season, like the Rams, and I think nobody should have been here in the Bengals. So that's a good, that's always a good matchup when you have that kind of feel to the game. And LA is supposed to be really hot. Just like I said, it's one of the hottest Super Bowls ever. That's important because that could affect some of the things that you might have guys cramping up. You know, that kind of thing. So that's, that's important. Um, you know, you got one team in the Rams that looks like they look to pass a lot. Um, that's their game. And then Cincinnati's a little bit more can keep you to do a little bit more of the run. Um, so those are things you want to look out for too, is, is you know, with the Rams. If you try to contain them from a passing standpoint, that will limit them a little bit. Some of the turn a lot of the turnovers they have usually come from when they're, they're in the running game. So that's something to keep an eye on too. So some those are some of the factors for you know, we mentioned a factor for both teams, what to look for, what to watch. Um, so, it, again, it, I, I, I do think this will be a competitive game. I do not expect a blowout. Um, I do not expect a blowout. I think it's, I think it's a, we're going to get into the fourth quarter, and it's gonna be, I think it's going to be anybody's game. I'm not going to say it's a three-point game, but it's going to be a touchdown. 
And I think it'll be a competitive football game. And, you know, again, it's just going to take it away from what the league was this year. Very up and down and, and, and just competitive. Um, so, going to be good. Going to be good on Sunday. Super Bowl 56, Bengals and Rams. Um, who am I going to pick? Well, you'll find that out after the break. We'll make our picks for the Super Bowl. Also, we're going to look back at our picks from two weeks ago. We do on the conference championships uh, picks, and did our um, did our, our, our 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 picks challenge competitor, We'll find out after the break as well. We'll talk about last night's NFL honors. Talk more about the big game on Sunday. Um, so we still got a lot more to get to do. We'll NBA later as well. Very busy Friday show. Last NFL kickoff edition of the year. Very busy show. Stay with us. If you'd like to have your voice heard and contribute to the show, you can do so by emailing us at thesportsprint at gmail.com. Make sure you to Facebook and Twitter. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter so you can interact with us. Keep us going after the show. Before we get back to talking about the game and making our predictions and picks and whatnot, um, last night the NFL had the NFL honors where they announced the MVP and, and all those, those big awards. And um, a couple of things before we get to the major awards, um, which again, I, I really like the way the NFL does. I think every sports event, I think it's prestigious, it makes it feel, it, 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 it's, you know. A lot of people find it pretentious, but I, I really like the way that they do it. Um, uh, the offensive player went to Cooper Cop, which I think was a great choice, uh, given the kind of season he put together. Defensive player went to TJ Watt, which again was the right choice. Offensive player went to Jamar Chase, which again I think was a great choice. 
Uh, it's one of the reasons why Cincinnati took off this year was him. Defensive player, he went to Michael Parsons with the Cowboys. I, I like that choice too. Comeback player, he was Joe Burrow. Great choice there as well, obviously, given what he went through. And coach of the year went to Mike Vrabel. That one, I, I'm, I'm hot and cold on. I mean, look, we, uh, we expected Tennessee to be good. Um, I know that they lost Derrick Henry, and the fact they won this, the, some of the games they did without Derrick Henry, hopefully, was a, a tribute to, to, to him and, and that team. But I thought there were better stories. How the hell does Zach Taylor not get it for the Cincinnati Bengals? I know that they, they do these before the playoffs and everything, but still, just what Cincinnati did in the season, the regular season, is enough to give Zach Taylor coach of the year. Or you could even went with Brian Flores, which, you know, but I know it's controversial, but they, again, this would have all been done before all this stuff happened, I would imagine. So, um, you could have done that. Um, you could have went with, um, um, Rich Boxer, the Raiders. You could have went with him. You could have went with, um, I, my, my Um, you in, you know you could have um, Bill Belichick with the Patriots because nobody's letting them do what they did this year. But there were so many other choices. I mean, I mean, I mean, what, I mean, what Brady did, he definitely should be up there. But to give it to him and yet the Bengals do what they did this year and the Raiders do what they did, come on, come on, come on. Sorry, I don't I don't necessarily agree with that one. I don't necessarily agree with that one. Now. The MVP went to Aaron Rodgers. Second straight year. Now, a lot of people said this was no surprise. And and, and, and I'm going to be honest. Really, you know, at one, at one point, it, it could have easily... It could, this could have easily been Brady. You know, it could have been Brady. Um... Then there's, um, um, I can't, I can't think of the name. The Colts, the running back. Jonathan Taylor, who he was the favorite to win this. Um, but really, I, I think with the Colts struggling the last couple of games of the season, that kind of screwed over Jonathan Taylor. Brady, you know, the Buccaneers struggled a little bit late in the season. I think that kind of hurt them. Um, so Aaron, I think, because some of the other candidates kind of dropped off late, while he didn't, and obviously Green Bay was pretty damn consistent down the stretch. Um, so ultimately, I think it's the right choice, but I think he had a lot of help to get it. To be honest, because everybody else kind of fell off. Um, I know there was some talk that maybe you know some of the politics around him this year might have hurt his chances, but this ain't baseball. If this were baseball, it could have. You know, the people that do the NFL, you know, whether it's the Hall of Fame or but things like that really impact them as much. Um, because they're trying to keep their dollars on the field. If you do that, then Aaron deserves to win. Um, so, so obviously, if you really look at it, it's, it's not the wrong choice, Aaron Rodgers. It isn't. Now, he, he had his speech, and, what, and some of the things to take away from last night was 
the fact that it seems clear that his anger at the Green Bay Packers, the anger and frustration he had last offseason is gone. Now, we talked a few weeks ago about the fact that it did seem like there was a lot of positive momentum towards him staying with the Green Bay Packers. That things had worked out. That, you know, he liked the way this year went. That, Situation. I think the fact that they supported him is also the fact that maybe a lot of teams might shy away from him because he can he gets he's now become a little more controversial. Um, the fact that maybe some of his Hollywood aspirations, game show host aspirations, kind of dried up now. So maybe there's you know less of a like kind of feel to him now. Um, so there's a lot of things that have changed in the last year. But what, what you you know you know you know. Does seem to indicate he had a shift where now he does feel like he's on the same wavelength as Green Bay in the front office. That he worked out some of the issues he had with the GM. He did say that he's been treated very well by everybody. He feels like he's being treated appreciated and being treated special. Not like he should have been all along. Um, he does feel like they're all in, that they're not going to, you know, even when they're trying to rebuild, they've been told they're not going to rebuild, they're going to be low. Um, so I think there's, there's, there's been a, a, a shift, and there and, and most people expect him to stay at this point to stay in Green Bay. Obviously, we talked about when Brady retired about the possibility, like you know, of, of him maybe going to Tampa Bay because that's a ready-made team. He can win now. He can just slip right in, and I think Tampa Bay would be all about that because you know, with Brady, it was kind of weird to get thing with Aaron. He probably would sign for a few years and then extend your window a little bit. But I also. Especially if, if, especially if some of the, the teams that would want him are teams in the AFC West. Like, everybody keeps thinking of the Denver because of who they just hired as the head coach, which is the former Packers offensive warning. You know what I mean? And, and so, like Denver, you're playing in the AFC West, you're dealing with Kansas City, you're dealing with the Chargers, that's, that's, that's a very stacked division. I always felt like it'd be better for me staying in the NFC either in Green Bay or you go to Tampa because that division's going to be down, it might be easy. There'd be a lot of reasons to go play in Tampa. And obviously, you stay in the NFC, which you're familiar with, and you know that you have a good chance at at least getting a top seed and maybe making a big run. Um, So, I I think he's either staying in Green Bay, or if he does do anything, I don't see him going. I think I could see him going to Tampa. I could. I think that would be a fit for him. I think that would be a fit for him. Now, not anymore. Um, so I think that would be an issue. But if you're going to if you're going to work at a place like this, I could see Tampa because I, it's all set up for him there. Um, but I really don't think he's going to go anywhere else anymore. That's sh- that's a shocker because we all thought this was it. A year I, we sat here last you know last offseason, last what July August and said this is the Green Bay. This is his farewell tour in Green Bay. So we never said it, but we assumed it based on everything. And and look what's happened. See how things can change. They got lucky. Um, and I think that the whole vaccine situation kind of played into their hands because they supported him through it. And, and I think that meant a lot to him. So, uh, but, but, but here's the thing. They're not out of the woods yet because while it looks like he, 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 if, he, if, he pl- if he continues to play, here's the case, if he continues to play, okay, you got to keep that in mind. So there's a, there's a big positive. If he continues to play 
very good chance he'll be as a Green Bay Packer. But that, again, like I said, The drive here is that he's only won one Super Bowl. And he's had a lot of playoff heartbreak. And there's a part of him that's like, look, I can still play this game at a high level. And I know I'm going to have chances. This team's good enough to have chances to get to, the, to where we want to go. But the question is, if I can get to the same point as Drew Brees, right? You only have that one. You keep coming back thinking, oh, yeah, this year might be the year. But eventually, it gets to the point where, like, you know what, I can keep doing this every year, and it's the same old thing. We get there, we get to the, you know, the, the, uh, the you know, divisional round, maybe even the end of the championship, and we lose. And it's an honor. We got this close. We got the roster. We got, we're in the, you know, we're in the right spot. We can do this again. But eventually, it's like, do I really want to keep doing this? Put my body through this? Put myself through this just to get close and then lose again? You know, so th there is there is that aspect of it that's why the definition of insanity is continuing doing the same same thing, expecting a different result. At some point, you got you like feel like you know what? Yeah, I would like another Super Bowl. I'd like to keep adding my legacy, but I can't keep going through this. I can't keep putting my biases, my family through this. Eventually, you feel like you have to walk away. I mean, Brady did the same. Brady just did the same thing, right? Now Brady, he's had seven titles and I, 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 all these other accolades that he had. He really didn't have anything else left. But he, but he could have kept coming back because he knew every year he was going to be in it. And he was going to have a chance at it. Ultimately, he decided on time. Sometimes you have to walk away knowing full well you can't accomplish a lot of things you want to accomplish. And that's kind of what Aaron is right now. He, you know, he's not quite, quite as far along as Drew Brees. Drew Brees was older when he did it, when he quit. And retired. But Aaron's in that range now where every Doing this, and do I want to keep doing this? He has had injuries in the past, so you do. You know, every year now, even if he goes and signs a contract with Green Bay for five more years, is what a lot of people expect him to do. He'll add like three or four years onto it if he stays. Then, you know, even if he signs that every year, you're still going to have that 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 question. You can always just say, "I'm done." And they can negotiate that out or buy out or do something. That could happen. So it's a fair thing to think. And I really don't think he's gonna retire. And if he has if he if he if he if he does have a lot of thought about that, then he might just say to Green Bay, look, I have the one year left next year. You know, let's do the year because I don't even know if I want to play beyond next year. Let's not worry about the extension. I would think he would do that. And say, you know, you know, this is what, what I'm thinking, and, and, and so that they don't sign up for extension afterwards. Well, I, I decided to retire not to work out all, that, all those details. Um, he did say that this, this, this decision is not going to take as long. He's not going to keep people waiting. So to me, that would indicate that sometime in the next two weeks, we should know. Because cause they got to start playing out what they're going to do with the roster and everything. So they have cap issues. So that would, so maybe he had to help with that, too, and maybe work something out with them with his contract. But we, we should know. And I, again, I don't think he will retire. And if he has any kind of egos involved here, he's certainly not going to want to retire the same year as Robert Brewer and Brady and, and, and have to share in that spotlight. 
you know, especially if you think about the Hall of Fame and whatnot. I don't think we want to do that. So I, I do think he's not done. But I think there's you, you, they're going forward with him, there has to be that feeling of it could happen any year with him. Even if he's playing at a high level, it could happen any year with him. So, you know, it's interesting to see where he's at now versus where he was at a year ago, where it's like a foregone conclusion. That made him a year ago, like last offseason, that he was going to leave Green Bay, and now it doesn't look like he's going to. It's crazy how far things have gone with him. Really crazy. A lot's changed in the year for Aaron Rodgers, that's for sure. Um, a lot has changed. But you can make the argument that a lot has changed for a lot of players and a lot of teams, including the Cincinnati Bengals and the LA Rams who are playing the Super Bowl on Sunday. We talked, we opened with talking about the game, some of the big factors involved, the whole team, um, basically um, what each team we feel has to avoid or, or, or do. Um, to me, the key players that's been going on and going forward with the analysis here, the key players here for He has to be careful, protect the football. He's a key to this game. They're not going to look to run the ball that much. He has to be big. I think Odell Beckham Jr. has to be big. I really don't think he's have a big game. And you'll have his, even if they even if they clamp down on him, the Bengals defense, he's going to still get his. What you're going to want to do is you don't want Odell to get, have a big game on top of Cooper having a big game. So Odell, I think, is a huge key to this game. If Odell comes up big, and that means that the, I think the Bengals are in trouble because then you probably have Cooper and Odell going on. You don't want that. Um, on the Bengals side of this, on the Bengals side of this, obviously you look at Burrow. Uh, um, you look at Burrow. He's obviously have to have a. He obviously has to have a good game. He obviously has to have a good game. Um, you know, obviously the offensive line is going to be very big in this game. Try to do as much as they can to help protect them. Um, I think the receivers in this game, Jamar Chase has to be big because he's going to need big plays because Jones has to get rid of the ball quickly as we talked about. The receivers have to step up and be ready. Um, but I also, again, it's going to make it sound like I'm, I'm saying the whole offense has to have a big game, and they do. But I think the defense could be fine just being, you know. Again, I think in this game, it's going to be a higher scoring game. And even if the defenses do their thing, everybody's going to get theirs in this game. Remember, you have to get help. For, you, you know, everybody can go crazy about you have to get guys on the edge. That's what the Rams have. It's like the 49ers. Their defense is driven by their pass rush, right? So that, that's what everything works off of. Your defense is designed about getting to the quarterback and rushing. And when, but, but you need your secondary to step up in order for that to work. Because if they don't, then you're going to allow the quarterback and Ball quick, that diminishes all your your, your defense. But it's like okay, the quarterback's hitting it out quick. You're rushing that, you're rushing guy, and you're leaving you're leaving people open. The secondary still needs to cover effectively to allow you to have a quality pass rush. They can't just stand there and say, "Oh, they're going to get to the quarterback, so I don't have to worry worry, worry about." It. No, your secondary has to cover. Have their secondary really do their job because otherwise, eventually, the Bengals will make a jump and they're broken the ball anyway. The pass was ain't going to be as effective. And the same thing goes with the running game. If the running game gets going for the Bengals still, that pass was isn't going to be as effective. So that's the secondary of the, of the, of the Rams has to do its job too. 
Very important there. But the Bengals, the receivers have to do what they have to do, do what they need to do. Because if Joe's going to be able to get the ball out quickly and effectively, he's going to need, he is going to need um, those receivers to step up and do their thing. He's going to need them to step up and do their thing. And Mixon has to have a good, I think Mixon has to have a very good game. I think that running game is going to be important because it can't just be Joe, you know, quickly pass the ball on every play. You're going to need that running game to have something of a say in this game. I don't think a lot of people have to have to do something, but it's a Super Bowl. That's what happens. And again, it all factors into what the, some of these keys to the game are. Um, so, I, I, again, some of these X factors, some of the X factors, some of the, the important, impactful players, and, and what needs to be done by all of them. Like I said, I expect a close, competitive football game. And, you know, to me, this is a hard game to predict. A very hard game to predict. I have gone back and forth all week. I might still change my pick before the show, but I have to make a pick on the show. And you're going to make a pick on the show, I stick with it. So I really don't think I'm going to change here. This has been a very, this might be the hardest Super Bowl for me to predict in a number of years. A number of years. Um, I, 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 I've really looked at this game a lot. And, once it, and really what it comes down to is this for me. My belief in Joe Burrow to get the job done, no matter what. Even if the Bengals don't look like they're getting much on offense, you know, like they did against the Titans, and it seems like they're scrapping by. The, the thing is, there's oh, there's something about Burrow where he always seems to find a way. He did it at LSU, and he does it this year for the Bengals. He finds a way. Against the Titans, you get sacked eight times. You're not supposed to win that game. He found a way. It's, it's that belief in Burrow versus what the Rams can do to a quarterback and an offense when they get to them. They make you uncomfortable. They get they, they, they make your offense, they put your offense on their heels, on their heels. They know how to get to you, and they can rattle you. But you're facing somebody that does not seem to get rattled. So to me, Burrow, I, Burrow will get, take hits. And they might even they, they might get to him. They might even force a couple turnovers. But on the flip side, even though this Rams team has done, you know, for the most part, these playoffs has cleaned things up. They haven't had the bad game with the Buccaneers. Now, Stafford has cleaned up and played very well and been much better with the football. Remember, big games, playoff games, championship games. Your issues always seem to come out. Your problems, your deficiencies, what you don't, your weaknesses as a team. The question always is, can you overcome them? The teams that overcome them, there's no team ever really perfect. The question always is, if those weaknesses come out, can you overcome them and win? Because those are the best teams. You have a weakness, it manifests itself in the big spot, but you still find a way to win that game. I've seen the Bengals all playoffs do that. You know, they get to the quarterback. Sometimes they get the running game stuff. Sometimes they can get nothing in the passing game. It's a it's a limited scoring kind of game. They found ways against the Raiders. Their defense was on its heels. They had to make big stops late. They found ways. A lot of the things that they don't do well have been highlighted this entire playoff, but they always found a way. 
Now, the Rams have to this point, too. Obviously, they turned on the ball four times in that game against the Buccaneers, and they still found a way to win. You could call that luck, but to me, I call it being a good team. You know, there were times when the game, you know, the game was made a more low score, and they found a way to win. I've seen the Rams do this, too. By having seen, I've, I've seen them kind of overcome their hurdles. And their weaknesses. But I haven't seen this team have to do it as much. That's the thing. And here's the thing. But look at their path here versus the Bengals' path. Two out of the three teams they faced were divisional rivals that they've already seen twice before they played in the playoffs. Now, one of those games, that divisional rival played awful, and that was Arizona. And then they played Tampa Bay, who, again, was not nearly the Tampa Bay team that we, we thought that was the worst game of the year. They had a lot of injuries, had people off that team that were big playmakers for them. And I don't want to take anything away from them. And obviously, the only reason why Tom Brady and the Bucs were even still in that game is because of all the turnovers. But still, it wasn't your, your juggernaut Tampa Bay team. So when I look at, and, and San Francisco, great defense, great running game. But obviously, they have Jimmy Garoppolo is not healthy at quarterback. That makes it a little easier. They're not known as a high-scoring hit team. So I, again, it's, a, it's an opponent that you've seen twice before. So when I look at this, I think what the Bengals have done has been far more impressive, far more steady, and you got a guy at quarterback that just seems to find a way. And the best winners, the best of all time, do that. Brady's not the best, Brady's not the most talented quarterback, but he's the best because he always found a way. He would have had an ugly game, but Going back to these, that, that, I, I looked at the game. I kept thinking what I just thought and weighed out to the total loss. So I weighed it all out like that to myself. I said, you know, I have to pick the Bengals. So I'm picking the Bengals to win the Super Bowl on Sunday. That's my official Super Bowl pick: the Cincinnati Bengals behind Joe Burrow, who will win the MVP, who will win the Super Bowl. So that's my pick. That's my pick. Now, before we go to a break, before we go to a break, our picks from two weeks ago, from Championship Sunday, how did we do versus how did our pick six channels My picks were the Chiefs and the Rams. Obviously, I was one and one. I was one and one. Aaron from Cincinnati was our our pick our, our picks competitor for that week. He also went one one. He had the Bengals and the Forty Niners, so we tied. So unfortunately, Aaron from Cincinnati did not win because tying is not a win. But still, that's rough. It's only two games. That's what's hard. In order to win, you basically have to sweep. So that's that's the dilemma with it. But still, you know, again, you one one. It's not bad. You means you got one one. You got one wrong. It's not bad. That five hundred is never bad, really. Um, so that's, that's how we went for Championship Sunday. Um, now, what that means for me, though, 
I mean, I won the wild. The, as far as the playoffs go, I won wild card week. I went six and zero. But divisional week, uh, I lost to the Lifter. Jason Brendan won that week three to one. So so far in the playoffs, kind of like it's almost like it's, it's like a push. We'll see what it comes down to. We'll see. But now with the Super Bowl pick, here's the here's the thing. In order to win, you have to pick differently than me. So basically, what's going to happen here? Is we're gonna pick somebody at random. We're gonna, we're, gonna, we're gonna pick somebody at random. But it could be somebody whose pick is different than me. So we have to be. So just be aware. If you're gonna submit your pick, they have to be different. They can't be just so. Pretty lucky you're gonna do this. You're gonna submit a pick of the Rams. We we, we how are we gonna do that? We usually don't say we're gonna pick somebody and pick the Rams, but we have to because, because otherwise it's it's pointless. Because otherwise. You, you, I know the people are going to say, well, wait a minute. Why don't you let the listener pick first and you pick? It's like, no. You're competing against me. Of course it's going to start with me. So, basically, what this is going to come down to is, we already know who the pick is going to be. It's going to be the Rams. It's just a matter of who we pick to compete against me. And that will be how many calls that Rams like it is all the time. So, if you submit a pick of Bengals, you will not be chosen. Just be aware of that. So basically, you're going to submit your Rams pick to me, whether you believe it or not, you want to compete with me. And we're just going to pick you at random. That's what we're going to do. So just be aware of that, because it's not like any other pick that we've done. Because it's only one game. And in order to compete against me, you have to have a different pick. So just be aware of that. So we're going to go to a break. Okay, now that we've told you what we did on our picks a couple weeks ago, we are going to open it up. So anybody that wants to compete against me in our final picks challenge of the season, if our, our Super Bowl pick challenge, submit your pick of the Rams now. It has to be the Rams or you can't compete with us. Compete with me. So keep that in mind. So submit your pick now. Not this break, but the following, following break will reveal who we pick to compete against me in our Super Bowl pick challenge on Sunday. Um, and again, you have to pick the Rams. You cannot pick the same as me because I'm like, Alright, so there's what there's the situation. So again, we'll pick whoever is going to compete against me in the pick challenge. Not after this break, but the next break. So keep that in mind. So we're going to go to a break right now. When we come back, we're going to shift gears. We're going to get away from football for a little bit and talk about NBA. We'll talk about the continued fallout from yesterday's trade deadline, including the fallout from the Harden Simmons deal. Still a lot going on with that. You're listening to the Sports for NFL Kickoff Edition on the Friday before the Super Bowl. We'll be right back.
All right, we're back. Um, so obviously yesterday, I'm really all week it's been all about the NBA and the trade deadline because all the focus off the Super Bowl. We had a couple moves early in the week, which we talked about. Some of them didn't really make much sense to me, but we talked about them. Um, last night we had an NFL NBA trade deadline special, and we talked about some of the other deals that happened yesterday, like Christopher's in the Wizards. And a lot of ways people think that solidifies him as a bust, and a lot of ways it does. It does say uh, tell you about you know how far this guy has fallen. You know a lot, a lot of po- it's happened to especially a lot of post guys. You know it's that's what happens. And they also can't, you know they have issues with. You know there was also the Celtics were very active yesterday. The Wizards obviously were active yesterday. Um, so there's, there's, the deal with the deadline, the deal of the day yesterday was the Harden sending the deal. You know, um, obviously you saw McCollum and, and some bonus moves earlier this week, and those were very impactful deals. But this was the deal. And this was a deal that was almost a year, that was a year in the making. We talked about it last night. If you didn't listen to our NBA trade deadline special last night, again, it is available on our Facebook and Twitter. There's links on it. Um, and also you can go on Spotify.com. Get the archive at the bottom of the page. Um, but again, this is, you know, This damages his legacy. This damages how I think a lot of it, look. He's weaving behind a slew of teammates that probably have lost all respect for him. I mean, Kevin Durant had a fall had a out before. This has got another fallen out. And and last night they had the All Star Draft Special on TNT, and we talked about the draft on the, the deadline special. And James Harden was asked about his um, thoughts on the deal. And he always said the usual diplomatic things, like, I'm excited about the guys we have, we gotta get to work. And, you know, one of the comments he made was, everyone got what they wanted. And he looked at his eye, it was very cold, but it was, it, it was like, what do you want me to say? You know, this, this thing had to get done. They got boxed, and that got boxed into a corner. And the thing is, they, they, in the long term, they got ruined. They traded a lot to get James Harden. And to their credit, they salvaged the roof by getting a couple of draft picks, and when it stopped purring, Yesterday for Harden, but still, if they were close to the hall they gave up to get him, I mean, you got you create a guy like Karis Levert, who now is with the Cavs, mind you. But that's a, that was a great, promising young player. Right? At this but still, I mean, still, you don't. Uh, they wouldn't. They wouldn't have given up Karis Levert for this anybody. But you know, last night, you know, there was a big. You know, him, Durant and LeBron were choosing their players for their teams for the, the All-Star game. And it got down to Durant ended up choosing Rudy Gobert over James Harden. Kenny Smith kind of goaded him into it because he felt bad for KD because everybody was kind of pushing him to pick, pick James Harden. And he didn't. James Harden ended up going to LeBron. He was the last guy picked. And really, he just went to LeBron and I hate for him. And that's both volumes. I think LeBron mentions James Harden even healthy. And Patrick, he's healthy now. He got traded. Now, Stephen A. Smith on ESPN mentioned that he got a text from somebody in the Harden circle that said he's healthy and he's not injured. And I said last night, I, I, I thought there was an injury. I just didn't think he was serious as many games as he did. This is a guy that played on a bad hand last year in the playoffs, even though he was 
terrible playing, he still did it. To me, it was to me he only sat because I don't doubt that he has an injury. Like I don't doubt that something's debilitating him. Well, I don't think it was a joke. Games as he did. That was my argument. But if, if he has not hurt at all, that makes it even worse. And I said this last night, in both in regards to Simmons and Harden, if they both go ahead and play sometimes like immediately, it looks bad. I don't see Simmons with the mental health issue. It was said today, though, that Harden's not going to make his debut this weekend. He's going to be evaluated by a doctor. So I don't know if that's just some kind of safe space. Maybe he asked him to do that because he said, you know, I don't want to. Remember, he did say. He was worried about the backlash if he made an actual trade request. He never really made a trade request publicly. Never really made it known. And I, we talked about this last night. It's kind of dumb to say that because whether he said it or not, everybody could assume it. And even if no, not, even if a single thing never really got people to figure it out, so you're gonna get backlash no matter what. But you, may, you may as well, you may as well phone it. You may as well own it. And just do it. And say, hey, you know what? I just want out of here, guys. That's just what I want. But clearly he was worried about the backlash. He ends up getting it anyway. And if he just comes back, if he rushes back and plays, it makes him look even worse. And again, I felt like this guy, he probably shouldn't play until after the All-Star break. But clearly he's going to probably play before that. Simmons probably won't play until March 1st. Again, I think that helps his cause a little bit. Because they'll feel like, all right. We talked about this last night, too. There's a report that he's joining Team Miami. Now, if he's joining Team Miami to sit there and get acclimated, that's fine. But if he ain't complaining this weekend, that doesn't make him look good either. So that's a couple things to kind of look at. But, you know, you heard from Durant. Durant made some comments. Obviously, not a lot, but he's not going to say a lot. He's not going to go public and start something. Kyle Irving made some comments last night, and my, and my hatred for things that he says continues because, he, again, just Making it about outside factors, creating, make dividing them and everything. Then he says things about how he's a leader. You can't be a leader if you're a part-time player, bud. You're not a leader if you're not there. And you're not there. And, you know, the question on everybody's mind is now that James Harden's not there and KD's still down, I mean, is he going to pull me up and say, I mean, it was easy to stay away and be a part-time. You got James Harden there and turn your back there. Now the team's walking in the wall. You don't know when Har you don't know when Simmons gonna play. You don't know when Durant's gonna come back. You're sitting there claiming you're a leader again. I don't know. I, I, I'm not about forcing anybody to get a vaccine or anything. You can't keep waiting around. He can around on social media that so soon the mandate's gonna be lifted and he can be able to play full time. You don't know that. And you can't sit there and say you're a leader and sit there and say oh, we're in good shape in that when you're not on the floor and this team is floundering. Last night you were on the floor and they still are. And then you hear, you know, uh, Mar uh, the G next year, March, say, oh, well, he, he you know, at, uh, Kyrie is just as frustrated, the frust most frustrated person here because he can't be on the court. Well, if he wants to be on the court, get the damn shot. I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not saying he has to, but, but don't sit there and say you're frustrated that you want to be playing your team when you know full well what would allow you to be do that. It's your decision not to do it. Nobody's keeping you. It's almost like he thinks The only thing preventing them from doing it is you. Yeah. 
That's the only person preventing you from doing it. So, and, 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 and this idea that it, that it's it's all it's, it's somebody else's fault. Same thing with James Harden. All indications are James. One of the, the biggest reason James Harden left his team is in the whole part time thing. And there was apparently talk that him and um, Kyrie played in a scrimmage, and Kyrie made him look really bad. Basically, said that James Harden is wa washed. Basically, washed up. Obviously, Harden's in bad condition. We talked a lot about that. The part, you know, how he got out of Houston. Um, so it, it's just, it's just, it just boggles my mind the lack of self awareness that you continuously blame other people, continuously blame other people, and you sit there and you you call apparently you called this guy out saying he was washed. You know full well now. Granted, it's it's Harden's fault. It's Harden's fault that he's in that spot, right? Because he put it, he, 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 got, he basically came into camp out of shape, forced his way out of Houston by, by virtue of doing that. There's other ways you could have forced yourself out beyond doing that, which again, set up the injuries and we, we talked about it. But, but you still, if you're Kyrie and you're trying, you're saying you're all about love and keeping everybody together and everybody being happy, you don't say stuff like that. that that's completely contradictive, which again, speaks to Kyrie Irving. So it, it, it's it's just a matter of I want us all to work out. I want this all to work out, but then I'm going to say stuff like that, and that's ultimately part of what started the the, the, the train down the decline. That's part of what it did, what what started it all, and then of course the part time stuff and all that. So Irving acting delusional as usual, refusing to, to, to take accountability, basically, blame, you know what he means by outside factors, the media and everybody, you know, everybody that's criticizing us. It's always about somebody other than him that's to blame, or somebody on the team that's to blame. It's always the outside factors. With him. So, obviously, this, this deal shook up the entire league. Um... You know, we don't know when Harden's going to make his debut. We don't know when Simmons is going to make his debut. And we, and we, we, we really can't say much about it until they do. And it'll be interesting to hear what Harden has to say about how those all went down. It'll be interesting to hear from Simmons and how all this went down. But we aren't, we're not there yet. Not that we might hear from Simmons before we hear from Harden, to be honest. It'd be nice to hear from Simmons on something. He said this is agent, Rich Paul, but... So, for, I mean, I mean, yes, the fallout from this is going to play out for obviously months and maybe even years to come. But for right now, you're going to hear it die down until both Simmons and Harden debut and then they actually speak to what happened. But for, clearly for Kevin Durant, there's no love loss between him and Harden. And it seems that Kyrie was pretty much okay, was, was practically encouraging him to be gone. Once he found that Harden wanted out, he was all about it. And like I said, oh, it's no hard feelings. You know, you heard what he said yesterday. It's no hard feelings. I get it. I, I've asked for a trade before. He wasn't a hypocrite about it. And basically said, it's all, you know, you know, it's, it's, 
You just want him to be happy. I want everybody to be happy. Now, what, what's the immediate future? Well, obviously, until Harden plays, you won't see the impact on him on the Sixers. We, 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 we speculated about it already, but we won't see the full impact. And same thing with Simmons. That's right now a shell of themselves. They got Kyrie part-time, Durant's not there, and, so, and you don't know when Simmons is going to play. So we're not going to see the we're not going to see anything immediately with this beyond what we've already most all the immediate stuff we've already played out. But in the weeks and months to come, it's 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 it, it, the saga might in terms of where these guys end up might be over. But the next phase of it's going to be just as interesting. Watching these guys acclimate themselves, debut. Obviously, hear from Simmons and Harden about what happened. And how it impacts the, the players around them. Especially the Nets. Because remember, Kyrie can leave this summer too. Does any of this play into that? So there's a lot of still to play out coming out of yesterday. Alright, we're going to take another break. When we come back, we will reveal this week's Picks competitor, picks challenger to go against me for our Super Bowl pick on Sunday. Um, and then we'll get to your questions and comments and reactions as well. You're listening to the Sports Sprint final NFL kickoff edition of the year. We'll be right back. We're back. So we have chosen our picks competitor for the week. And let's see here. We have chosen. Well, we have to pick. Okay. Obviously, like I mentioned before, I picked the Bengals. So that means that we have to have a Rams pick. Otherwise, you can't compete. That's a good idea. All right. So remember, I don't usually make the pick. I have somebody that helps me make the pick. So 
we haven't done this all season, and I think this is pretty cool. Let's do something different that we haven't done all season. Uh, we have a couple that has decided to make a pick together, and we have Jake and Hannah from Binghamton, New York. Um, that's very close to me. I don't think that's the reason we made the pick. Because I, I think, oh, you're picking because they're close to you. No, that we made the pick because I, I, I think it's different. We haven't had a couple pick together. That's kind of interesting. So I think that's why they, they chose... They, uh, my person that does this chose this. Um, so Jake and Hannah from Binghamton, New York. Let's do something different. Pick a couple to end the season on. You are this week's picks competitor. You obviously picked the Rams. You will compete against me in the Super Bowl on Sunday. Um, so I got Bengals. You went Rams. So you are our pick for this week. Um, and obviously, if you win, your reward is you get to help to design a segment on a future show. That's the, the pick. That's the, the uh, reward for anybody that's won throughout the season. And obviously, like I said, once the season's over, which will be on Sunday, we will get in touch with everybody that's won throughout the season in our picks challenge and let you all know when you're going to be able to have your segment um, on the air. We'll let you know like what show it's going to be and then let you know what like the parameters are because you obviously can't just do anything. We have to have... You know, there are restrictions. We don't want anybody to do something like, like that's offensive or anything like that. So um, once the season's over, we'll get in touch with anybody that's won throughout the season. Um, and we'll let you know like what your day is going to be, what show it's going to be, and, and whatnot, and what you can do. And then you, you can get back to us what you're going to do, and we'll work it all out. So obviously, Jake and Hannah, if you win on Sunday, you will join our group of winners from the year. And you will have that same reward, too. The other thing I want to mention, too is that we've been keeping track of my numbers and the listeners' numbers every week. So every every week that we've competed. So whoever's competed against me, and then obviously my numbers. We're going to compile every single challenger's numbers from the year and my numbers from the year, wins and losses. And on Monday, we're going to reveal something special we're going to do with that um, that I think the, the fans are going to love. So, But we'll reveal that on Monday um, in the aftermath of the Super Bowl. So uh, keep an eye out for that on Monday. Um so, with that in mind, now we made our pick for this week, in terms of our challenger, and I made my pick, we can go forward, um, and I want to hear what you all have to say about the game, of course, even the NBA stuff we talked about, the NFL honor stuff, including Aaron Rodgers, potential retirement, um, all of it. We want to hear what you have to say um, about that. Uh, let's take a look through um, the email box here. See, let's see. Let's see. All right.
Alright, let's see. Let's see. Alright, let's see. Sorry, folks, I just don't want to be repetitive. Um, because some of these are things that we covered. Um, okay. Alright. I know that was a lot of dead air. Sorry. Um, alright, here we go. Um, I think I found some. Okay. You guys weren't, you guys and girls out there, you didn't, you didn't do, you did a good job of giving us a little bit of variety. Some of these are just, this, you know, we are already covered. It's going to be repetitive. Of course, dead air is also repetitive. Also, one other thing I want to mention, I'm sorry, there's conversations going on in the background around me. Um, but in reality, the reason why I was any questions or comments that I thought were worth bringing up? Most of them are questions, and they're all kind of things we addressed. Alright, I found a couple questions that are worth bringing up. Let's see here. The Matthew Stanford comes out on Sunday and has an awful game. An awful game, much like Jared Goff had a few years ago. Do you think that the Matthew Stafford game is viewed as a failure already? No. No, 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 I don't think so. Um, first of all, I, I don't... Stafford's not the kind of quarterback that I think would have as bad of a game as Goff. You know, Goff, even though he had some big yards games that year, had some really good games that year, um, he's not... You look at Stafford and look at him, look at their careers, and they're not comparable. They're completely different quarterbacks, in my opinion. I don't know that to make them. So, I don't think he would... Even if you had a bad game, it wouldn't be nearly, looking nearly as bad. Like a bad game for him might be like a 175, 200 yard game, maybe having a bad couple picks or something. You know, that kind of thing. That would still be bad, but it wouldn't look as bad, you know. Because um, it never looks as bad as Stafford. It's just the kind of quarterback he is. So I don't know if he'd ever have the game that Goff has. But yeah, if he goes out there and lays an egg, I mean, he'll be questioned, and then he'll put even more pressure on himself. Next year. Um, you're putting even more pressure on yourself next year. Um, but, in but, in but, and of course, then it's making it worse for itself. But, in but in general, I don't think it would be like, okay, I'm going to jump off a bridge and say this game sucks. All right? It, it's going to be one of those things where we put pressure on yourself. And then next year, you know, you have a safe you know, you have a regular season. If you go to the playoffs and, you know, the team gets eliminated and go to the Super Bowl again, you might have a bag. Then it's like, all right, you've done it twice now. Now it's, it's a bad deal. Now it's a bad deal. But I don't think it'd be off in one game. Remember, even with golf, you know, people look at it, oh, that's an awful performance. But people didn't start to jump off the golf bandwagon until the, the seasons that followed that Super Bowl when he didn't do quite as well as he did that season. So, um...
Yeah, Jamar Chase could win if he has a big game. Cooper Cup could win if he has a big game. I don't know. I mean, I guess it's possible if Odell goes off. Um, I, I, I kind of think if o, even if Odell has a good game, I don't know if it would be comparable because I think Cooper Cup no how good the defense is on Sunday. Um, he's probably gonna, you know, probably still end up being better even if Odell has a good game. So I think Cooper would probably get more of the attention than Odell would. Unless Odell was overwhelmed, you know. So. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think a guy like Jamar Chase or Cooper Cop could. Um, but otherwise, I'm going to say Cooper Cop is going to be the quarterback. It, it, it's always usually the quarterback, so it's always a defense. Never a defense. Never a defense. Never. Um, never. Um, but, but yeah, I, I, but I, it could be one of those ones. It could be a receiver that has a really good game. I don't see any running back doing anything special. So it could be, it, it'd have to be a receiver if it wasn't a quarterback. You think it's a foregone conclusion with Aaron Rodgers is signing a multi-year extension, or do you, or do you think he ends up signing maybe a, 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 some kind of some kind of short-term contract that ends up being a one-year thing like Brady? It was like D doing what he's doing. I think the Sixers would still sign up for that. You know, they'll, of course, they'll, 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 probably, they'll probably act like he's still he's banged up and he's playing for injury. 
here's the thing. I think it hardly does. After the rule change, that I think is part of it. But I think it hardly does. Some part of it will be still related to the injury from last year and, and the fact he's not in a good condition. And I think what would happen is in the offseason, the Sixers probably would say, you know, we got to get in really, really good shape to try and get this in the bud. And, you know, like, if he gets in good shape next year, he still struggles. Even with the rule change situation and that, and I, and then I think maybe they'll start to wonder, okay, well, we just got to, we have a, a much, I don't say a, a worse version of James Harden, but it's clear that he's on decline. This is the kind of player we're going to have. And is that good enough? It probably is when you got Embiid playing at a high level. But then it makes me make think they get blown into the option. But you got Tobias Harris. They got Harris. I really don't think you need to worry about getting more out of Harden than what you're seeing right now at this juncture. Anyway, so. So, I mean, I don't think they do anything immediately. By one more.
All right, we're back. Um, we're gonna wrap. Um, so before we wrap things up, um, later tonight, if not tonight, maybe early tomorrow morning. Um, we're gonna we're gonna start Instagram. Once we do that, I'm gonna link to it on our Facebook and our Twitter, so you all know about it. And I will let you know how we're gonna be using it through the weekend and going forward. It's gonna be small. We're not gonna do it a lot with it. Than we are. Early tomorrow, we'll link to it on our Facebook and Twitter to look out for that. Um, uh, next week, we're going to make some big announcements about some big projects. We actually changed some plans of what we're going to do this year. Some things that are better. So, we're going to revise some things. We'll make some announcements about that next week, including some announcements about our app. So, look out for stuff like that next week. And I'm not just teasing that. It's in the conference room, too. We're actually going to make announcements next week. So, just be aware of all that. Um, There as well for you to listen to the show live through our main show page there as well. That's on Spreaker.com, of course. So, again, until we get an app, let's look at past episodes again for whatever reason. If you want to listen to them again or you want to keep up with episodes, that's how you can do it from right now. And we have the app, you have that link as well. Like I said before, if you did not tune into last night's special, the league trade deadline special, it is available in the archives and it's available for you to listen to. We'll be trying to link on our Facebook and Twitter page as well as Eric.com and Spreaker.com.
Yeah. 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 Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.